Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of Afraid Not. I'm Robin Wall. I'm Jill McCormick and our guest today was Vince Davis. You're going to have so much fun listening to Vince's story. We're so glad you get to hear this. So listen in to Afraid Not. Hey Vince, thanks for coming. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. I'm happy to be here. And you guys, he's really brave because so far we have not had any male interviewees. So he is <laughs> stepping into uncharted territory today. So thank you. Thank you. Breaking down barriers. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, my name is Vince Davis. I, uh, me and Jill actually work with each other, or she she's kind of one of my bosses. I guess counselors are uh, like bosses, right? No. No? Okay. Oh, I saw high school counselors are some big shots, though. I, you are. I will take it. I'll, I'll be boss. She's big time. I'm just a teacher and a coach. What's your subject? Um, I teach computer courses, um, web design, and Photoshop, basically. It's a good time. It's fun. Okay, Jill, if we need help with our Afraid Not website, we can ask Vince. Nice. Hey, I got some pretty... Simple things that can make a website pop, so that's not that's not too hard. Um, also, coach football and track over at Owasso High School, so that keeps me busy. I try to keep up with you know what's happening with other sports. Try to go support as many kids as I can because I have kids and all my classes that do various activities. So I went to my first res- wrestling match this year. That was uh, cool. Well, that was fun. We lost, but it was fun. I enjoyed. <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. So I'm gonna try to go to more of those in the future. Do the so. seasons overlap with your sports that you coach? Um, no, not really. Um, with football, football's over. Lord willing, at the beginning of December, like 2017, that was a that was a fun time. But at that that year, I was for coaching. those listeners who don't know why it was so awesome. Please do tell about yes, that. Do tell. Um, in 2017, we did win the 6A state championship, which was Go pretty Rams. awesome. <laughs> Unfortunately, this year we fell a little short, but we still had a pretty successful season. Mm-hmm. But um, just honored to be a part of what's all going on over there with all that. So, so then the next season begins in when did you start in January Tracks, with track? Or? Track season, we have indoor meets. We've already had two. The okay. first one was January 19th, and we did fairly well, and January 25th. And then we have one this Friday, and then March 1st starts um, outdoor track season, which where I become a teacher four days out of the week <laughs> because there's pretty much once Every a Friday, pretty, pretty much. Pretty much every Friday yeah. I am wow. at a track meet, so... It, like I said, it keeps me real busy. It's a it's a very interesting sport. A lot of people like other sports. Running is punishment, <laughs> but running is what we do at track. It's our workouts. It's our it's what we do. So, yeah, my brother in law is a cross country coach at Roger State University, but he <laughs> he had a shirt one time that said something like, um, "My sport is your your sport's punishment." Yes. Very, very awesome. common, especially with cross country and those distance kids. Like, I do sprints. I do short distances. That's 100, 200, 400, and that's 400 is one time around the track, and that's a long time for me. So, uh, but uh, anything over that, I'm just like, like <laughs> nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so that's a little bit about what I do. My wife is an assistant principal at the 8th grade center. Awesome. So we're all wrapped in. We're all wrapped up in the, the Owasso way, I guess you can say. <laughs> So did you all meet in Owasso? No, um, we met, and this is this is getting kind of serious. Because Let's hear a good story. Together. We want to hear it. It was one of those, you know, afraid not type of things. Uh, okay. Long good. story short, and I'll get deeper into details. Um, Labor Day 2007, me and my dad, which we've had an interesting relationship, and I can talk a little bit more about okay. that later. Um, got into a really bad motorcycle wreck and broke wow. every bone in his face. His sternum, mm-hmm. both wrists, his hip. The doctors didn't Whoa. think he would make it. Um, actually, on the news, I'm at home just getting from the hospital, and they say that my dad died on the news. Mm. And oh, my mm, word. That kind of freaks you out a little bit. Yeah. So uh, that was a real dark time for me. Fast forward to the next spring. He's at a rehab hospital up in Tulsa, and I was working at the Apple Store in Oklahoma City. They let me transfer to the one in Tulsa in Woodland Hills Mall, and... My wife's, well, soon to be wife's, well, now my wife, I guess you could say, <laughs> her uh, best friend worked there and she came in one day and I was like, hey, who's that? And, you know, <laughs> the rest is kind of history from there. Been together 2019, so 20, almost 11 years. Congratulations. Yeah, she's awesome. 
Wow. She, and no uh, kids yet? No kids, just a dog. Uh, we got She got the dog about the same time we started dating, so our dog will be 11 in March, St. Patrick's Day. Australian <laughs> Shepherd named Daisy. She's, uh, she's awesome. I love her. She loves me more than my wife. My wife, she does that, so <laughs> we're not hiding any news there. <laughs> A quote I've heard is, may I be the person my dog thinks I am. <laughs> <laughs> I like our that. dog is our biggest fan, right? Yeah, I like that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of about me. Me and Jill share a an affinity for shoes. Do. Oh, do tell. Yes, yes. I I have a lot of tennis shoes. Um, <laughs> I like it because growing up, sometimes I wasn't able to get the shoes I really wanted. So now that I have a job and sometimes I'm a little reckless, I like to buy. How many tennis shoes do you think you have? Shoes. About about. about about 100 pair. You have oh, 100 pair of tennis shoes? Oh, my goodness. Yes. See, I think you beat me. Mine wow. is not tennis shoes. Mine is heels, yeah. which those now, who know me know that. Depending on what kind of heels they are, heels can get pretty expensive. And yeah. so can tennis shoes. <laughs> we won't get into <laughs> Well, the I'm going to just take a, a pass on this contest because I do not have um, amazing shoes in any way, but Jill does. <laughs> and I... I have seen and, and been example of how she can rock the shoes. There's a reason why I wear heels, though, which Vince makes very clear <laughs> why I wear heels when we're at work. Yes, um, I'm I'm a I'm a taller guy. I'm about six one ish, and Jill claims to be five one. I I'm, I think I claim to be five two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then she wears really really tall heels that range from makes her from five five one to. <laughs> Five eight sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've had some very fun times in the hallways and whatnot, me and Jill. So <laughs> she's a she's. I consider her to be a good friend. Me too. Awesome. <laughs> so where did you grow up? I grew up in the Oklahoma City area. Um, where I, in Oklahoma City? Actually, um, I grew up in a. I'll get to the next Because we're both from Oklahoma City. Yeah, we both grew, grew up, up there, too. In the Midwest. I grew up in Midwest City. Oh, Midwest City. Okay, okay. bombers. Yeah. <laughs> no, you no, don't no, like no, the bombers. No, no, don't no. say the bombers. Okay. <laughs> I I feel like I'm at Owasso for a reason because our dislike for the colors black and gold. Really? Because, you know, there's that other school mm-hmm. over that way mm-hmm. that wears black <laughs> and gold. Not a fan. Not a fan. Okay, but, uh, okay. Yeah, not a bomber. Um <laughs> I went to Carl Albert for junior high and then went to Dell City for high school. Well, something I want to say right now for Vince is I really love it that you're the kind of teacher that not only coaches, which is a huge time commitment, but that you try to make an investment in other sports because you're supporting your students. I really think that makes a difference in students' lives as far as your you're really showing them. I don't I don't only care about what I teach you in the classroom. I care about you so for a teacher to make the effort to be a present person like wrestling matches and watching the basketball games and the things that you do that makes more of a difference to a kid and I think connects with them so that they really want to okay I'm going to listen I'm going to try to learn from this coach this teacher because he cares about me yeah Vince is a favorite teacher at Owasso High School like everybody wants to be in his class cool uh, I think part of that is because of the subject I teach, and then part of it, I don't know if it's necessarily me, but my thing is I try to, like, when I see kids, like, with tennis shoes on, it's something that I would like. I'll talk to them about tennis shoes, and then we kind of have that bond there. And then what I really try to do in the classroom is I try to, because, like, I can connect with the athletes all day, and we can talk sports while they're doing their work all day long. That's easy. That's That's very simple for me because I grew up, highly athletic background like I played all the sports except wrestling never played never did wrestling but like I've been around that so like I want to try to make everyone like the quiet kid that's sits in the middle of the third row I try to talk to those kids you know I talk with our band kids you know the pride of Owasso is kind of a big deal around here so like I try to I, I get involved I try to get involved with them and talk with them and um, there was a uh, one instance where I was up at the uh, at a coach's outreach Bible study up in the wellness center, and I came down, and they were practicing on the field, and I'm like, hey, I saw you on the field this morning. And they're like, oh yeah, and like, I was, I, me and uh, Mr. Harris joked about they were doing the tunnel, like the pregame tunnel, and I was gonna run through, but uh, 
he said next time I could do it. So I was wondering what made you desire to be a teacher? What was something that inspired you when you were growing up? Well, when I I took the uh, I took the scenic route, I guess you can say to be a teacher. I when I got out of high school, like I went to school for elementary education. I went to Bacon College to play football and I was gonna be an education major. Well, I got lazy in college, like a lot of people do. And um, you wouldn't be the first one. Yeah. They uh, said something about this portfolio and doing all this stuff. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, um, but growing up, I had a lot of people in my life, like a lot of teachers that really cared about me and really invested in me. I had a math teacher my sophomore, and then I ended up having her my sophomore and junior year, named Mrs. Williams. And I hate math. Like, I am not a fan of math. But she taught me things like she she uh, always said failing to prepare is preparing to fail mm-hmm. and that stuck with me i mean that stuck with me 20 years now like i've i've always thought about that next it sticks with me in football and teaching and coaching and just everything i do Every, so that always stuck with me mrs williams i had some teachers in elementary school i went so where i grew up in Midwest city was a neighborhood called murder one yeah, like it was a very gang infested area, gang infested neighborhood. Wow. And actually, one day I was riding my bike from 7 Eleven, got my icy, some baseball cards, and, you know, some nickel penny candy, ride my bike back. And these dudes were going to try to jump me in. Hey, you, you know, you're going to be with us. And my dad didn't play that. And I was like, nah, I, I can't do that. They're like, well, we're going to fight you either way. Like, we're going to jump you either way. So either you're going to be in or we're just going to jump you every time we see you. So at that point, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, accepting my fate at that point. And all of a sudden, and I'd never been so happy to see him in my life. My dad shows up and he's like, hey, y'all mess with my son. And there were some curse words involved that I won't say for this podcast sake. <laughs> and they go, oh, this is your son, Big Vince. I was little Vince. My dad was Big Vince. I'm, I'm not little anymore. But when you go home, my family always calls me little Vince. That's just what it is. <laughs> and, um. They're like, oh, this is your son? They're like, yeah. And he's like, oh, our bad, our bad, our bad. And turns out that one of my dad's real good friends is one of the, in the gang, they call them the OGs, like the mm-hmm. high up gang members mm-hmm. was like, they were brothers. So he was like, oh, yo, you can't mess with little Vince's son. So I had, I got kind of blessed in that aspect. Yeah. So I grew up in like, the neighborhood I grew up in was pretty rough. I ended up, uh. So like, and you know, in a home, there's a neighbor, there's a bedroom in the front, and then some bedrooms in the back. My parents switched me because there were drive-bys at times. So uh, you made pictures in the back. Yeah, they put me in the back to protect me and my sister, so we wouldn't be in the front bedroom. That's so real. Yeah, oh like, my goodness. So, so like, was your dad in a gang? No, my dad wasn't. He in wasn't. He, he just, was just he, he just, just knew, knew them. Okay. He just knew some of those guys in that neighborhood. So. I'm glad you had a dad that was saying, no, son. I mean, yeah. I, and I, he had your back. Yeah, That's my dad was awesome. a tough you-know-what, but he always, like, he pushed me in everything, basketball, baseball, football, every sport I did. Sometimes to the point to where I was like, man, I don't want to do this no more. But I, you know, fought through and did, so. Did your family go to church when you were a kid? Well, me and my uh, mother and my little sister, we did a lot. My dad didn't, and... That's that's really funny you say that. Um, I'll never forget graduating with my associate's degree. My dad came and got me from college. He was at graduation with my grandma. And my grandma was a huge, it is a huge church girl. She, mm-hmm. I mean, she's there for, you know, choir rehearsal, prayer meeting, everything. Sunday school. She's there serving food afterwards. She's there for the revivals. And, I mean, she was... She's all in when it comes to church. So I grew up in that church aspect because I stayed with my grandma a lot when my parents were at work and stuff like that. So my mom and my grandma did a good job of keeping me in church. My dad just he had negative connotations about the church. And there are some there are some some churches that, you know, some of the pastors are not straightforward and upward and honest. So he was just very into that. And then when he got in his accident and almost died. Mm -hmm. Like the first thing he said when he was able to like talk again was, "God save me," God. and I was just mm-hmm. like, "Whoa, like, what?" Like of all things to hear you say this, and it was just it, it's been an amazing 
transformation. He'll just randomly send me Bible verses. Wow. God is good. And I hope you and I hope you and your wife are doing good. I'm praying for y'all. Like it is amazing. And then sometimes we'll just get together and he'll just start crying because he's just like, I'm just so happy that I'm alive. And I'm like, wow, this the hard, you know what Mm -hmm. guy that I grew up with is crying because God has blessed them. And yeah. So So do you have a pretty good relationship with your dad now? Yes, it's a uh, it's it's different because he has some uh, I wouldn't say I guess kind of some mental kind of issues mm-hmm. that came with the, with the accident, and he remembers things differently. He's like, "Remember that time I taught you how to do this, and I was there for you." And I was like, "Yes, I remember that time that you wanted to almost beat me." Yes, I do remember that, <laughs> but he doesn't remember it that way. He just remembers being there, mm-hmm. and so like it's hard to like. Like you don't want to be that guy. Like no, you don't. Like you just like yes, and I remember that. That was that was a great time for us. So I think it's kind of one of those things that like a matter of grace that I've kind of given him because at points I was really wanting to lash out. Like when my <clears throat> when my dad when that accident happened, me and him had just started to have like a decent adult father son relationship. We kind of had some ups and downs here and there, and. The day before the accident, I, he was really big into motorcycles, and him and his motorcycle buddies were at this park, and we're just like, it's just like, this is awesome. Like, I love where me and my dad are right now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And I'm like, all right, cool. Talk to you later. And then the next day, I get a phone call. We get a phone call. Hey, your dad's in the hospital. I had a motorcycle wreck. And this has happened before. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, he's got some road rash, you know, may have, you know, bruised something, may have hurt something and i don't know if you guys have ever been at a and you may have but the feeling when you get to the hospital and you see like 20 of your family members and friends Mm -hmm. and everybody's crying and you just it just hits you like something's wrong in the chest and Mm -hmm. it's like oh and then you're there with your family member and you look up and every person that works at the hospital is doing the look away when they look up when you look up at them they walk and look away and Mm -hmm. There's no video here. I don't know why I'm demonstrating that. <laughs> um, but yeah, they do the walk and look away, and you're just like, oh, my God. Like, And then you go back there and see him, and like his face is just like, Poof. Uh. and he can't move. He's not breathing on his own. Like, it is. It must have been so scary. Oh, my God. Like, I, am, I have never been an, a very emotional person. Mm-hmm. I've cried. Probably that I can remember maybe five times ever. One time is, I'm just going to admit this for fun's sake, um, the show Friday Night Lights. Yeah. The very first episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. It made yeah. you cry. Well, because with me, I didn't get into that. That was part of some other phrase, um, phrase of my knots. Um, <laughs> but um, I played football. I, uh, I was at Bacon and I had two concussions. And I was never able to play again. The trainer was very ahead of the times when it comes to brain injuries and stuff like that. And he was like, I'm not going to clear you to ever play again. And this is something I've done since I was five years old. Yeah. And I was just like, what? (laughs) So, like. It must have felt like it. the rug was ripped under your feet. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Like, it was. I mean, I went into a dark, dark like, that was what your senior year. That was my sophomore year of sophomore college. College, and I just—I mean, I went to a dark place. Like I wasn't—I was barely going to class. I would mm. do stuff when I felt like like it was—it was just a very bad time. I was a very mean and hurtful and terrible person to some people, and it just—I mean, it was rough. It was super rough. So, um, yeah, mm. I cried then. I cried when Jason Street got hurt on Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. If you, have you seen that show? I yes. Haven't. Okay, yes. just watch the first episode. You'll be hooked for one, and then you'll probably cry. Okay, I'll put yeah. it on my list. Jason Street, when I can't play ball anymore, probably when I was younger, but those don't count. In my adult <laughs> life, I think I've cried maybe five times, and half of those was during my dad's stuff. Okay. And you know, I mean, I don't. I, just, I think I just count that as one whole time because for a few months it was a lot of tears, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, a lot going through a lot. Um, luckily, I had some people, some good people in my corner to kind of help me through that. So. How many days was your dad in the hospital? 
He got out so Labor Day to Christmas, just about. Wow. He went to an out. He went to an inpatient place, uh, probably mid November, and wow. got to come home in December. So one moment created a three month hospital thing, and months after that, dealing with yeah. your oh my goodness, and your going, whole family. And going back, that one moment also created some of the greatest moments of my life. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. For, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here if that moment. I don't think I would in be Tulsa. in Tulsa. I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now if it wasn't for that moment and all that came with and after it. I don't because I don't think I have any other re- any reason to come to Tulsa to. I don't come to Tulsa if it wasn't for that. So, like, I've always looked at it as, like, it was such a blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. to be where I am now, to be in this podcast, to be at a Wasso, to be part of everything going on, meeting my wife. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. it was, it's it's crazy how those things work out. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, So... And your you and your dad are good now though. Is he still in Oklahoma City? Yes, he's still in Oklahoma City. Lives with my um lives with my grandmother. She's getting older, so looking at some options, he might end up moving to Tulsa with us, maybe. My little I have a little sister. Oh yeah, I didn't do the family thing. Yeah, yeah. Tell us yeah. about your family. Um, my mom has been remarried. She is remarried. She lives in Midwest City still. My sister whew, now my sister is um let's see, she's four years younger than me. So she'll be on the seventh, she'll be turning twenty nine. Uh, she has a daughter who is seven. My niece Janice, she's adorable and sassy, and kind of reminds me of her mom sometimes, which is <laughs> some of the good and bad. Um, she, just, my sister, recently just got divorced, and that was a trying time because I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of the person, mm-hmm. and it was hard to be there, and then. See what she was going through, right? And stuff like I'm like, I mean, it's one of those things where you feel so helpless, but you want to do more, but you don't want to do too much at the same time. And our love for our family, we we get in the mess because it's messy. Life is just messy and hard. It's not perfect with a bow tied on top. So I was, I was, uh, there was some, there was some anger I had going with that. So I just, I needed to remove myself from the situation. And they had separated once, and I was like, okay. And I I messed up with what I said. I said, if you go back, I'm done with you. And they got, she got back, so, and I felt like such a terrible person because I, I still want to be there for her. Mm-hmm. And look, my wife is a saint. If you, if you, yeah, my wife is a saint. We'll just leave it at that. Like, she is probably the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And she was, she kind of helped me through all of it and kind of helped restore. Between our, you and your between sister? Between me and my sister, just like, you can't, like, you don't want to turn your back on family, but I wanted to at that point and just let her deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I love, I, I, I called her and said, hey, I love you from a distance. I just, I can't be around him because I will probably do something that will ruin mm-hmm. what I have going on in my life right now. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And it's okay to know that you have to have boundaries yeah. sometimes with certain sure. people. So, so yeah. it was it was tough. But me and her got better. And then she called me one day. I was like, hey, I left. And I'm filing for divorce. And it'll be done in 10 days. And I'm like, okay. I didn't get excited because I didn't want to be the I told you so guy mm-hmm. or yes, like jump for joy. I said, hey, whatever you need me to do to help you with this, just let, me, let us know. We're here for you. And it happened, and she's doing okay now. She, it's like, you know, holidays were tough because it was the first time. They've been together, I think, for a few years, probably married for about three or four, but together about five. Mm-hmm. So it was tough, holiday. So, you know, make sure to have my presence around for the holidays and be there and stuff like that. And she got her, she's back on her feet, and, and I'm excited for her. What are some of the things that you look back over your journey and – the hard times and the good times, and that you see that God did, and that you know, if I hadn't had the Lord in that, through this moment, through that moment, that I wouldn't be who I am today. So whether they're hard times or good times, what are some of those things that you want, might want to share with us? Oh, no problem. Yeah, that's, I could write a book on this. Um, we'll start with, so you guys, you both have, um, 
high school age or above mm-hmm. kids. We do. So you probably are aware that sometimes that they think they know it all and are a little too big for the um, bridges. Yes, perhaps. I'm very aware of that. We're aware. <laughs> We're aware of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll start with my junior high school. Um, I feel like God sometimes has to show you like he's the boss and he knows what's mm-hmm. up sometimes. Yeah, he. the Bible <laughs> says the Lord disciplines those he loves, and I have experienced his discipline, so no yeah. Doubt. Right. So I'll get into that. That'll be, that's, it's going to get fun, funny, and humbling. <laughs> <laughs> so my junior year of football, I, I, I played running back and linebacker and stuff like that, and I had a pretty good junior year, and, you know, I thought I was hot stuff, you know, running back, this and that. I had a, I had a really good game on TV against PC West. Oh, hey, let's ouch. go. Um, <laughs> it was funny because that whole game, you know, pregame, I had a sucky pregame, and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to suck. And all of a sudden, I, me and my coach got into it because you want to be cool and have the visors, like all the gear and all the visors. I had on sleeves and I had on the visor. It wasn't even cold. I didn't need sleeves. He's like, take those sleeves off. And me and him got into it. He's like, you're trying to do too much. And I was like, okay, whatever. The visor, I took the visor off and the sleeves off. And I have like 300 yards rushing and four touchdowns, and against PC West, I won't say that again. <laughs> and it was a good game. It was on TV. Like I'm a friend, so I was like, "Hey, we saw your TV," and I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome," you know. So, um, so after my junior year, I get I got some Division One looks because I have the size, the speed, you know. All mm-hmm. I, I do all those checked all the boxes, and then so I thought I was you know tough stuff going to my senior year. Um, first game of the season, we played Midwest City. I feel about Midwest City. <laughs> um, didn't have a great game, but at that point, I was really all about myself and, you know, this is all me. I'm not, I don't need, you know, I wouldn't say I tear my back on God, but I was at church and I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't really mm-hmm. caring. And God knows. Like, he, he sees us all. He sees what we're doing. Yeah, he does. And, you know, it, I wasn't giving him any glory, like, outside or inside you know everybody can say all glory to god but like do you really mean it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i like these i'm just so glad that growing up i didn't have twitter because <laughs> yeah. i would have been a huge <laughs> jerk i think with twitter as a 17 18 year old kid but i'm sitting there and just like you know this is me this is me and i got a i got hurt i got sick i got a concussion my senior year so like all the d1 inf- stuff went away so i'm like what like what, what's going on and looking back on it like you know god did that like mm-hmm. he was teaching me a lesson and then i had an offer from a division two school and it was a decent offer and i had an offer from bacon so i was like mulling my options and i picked bacon probably for the wrong reasons because when i went on my visit me and these dudes vibe real well and we party pretty hard mm-hmm. even though it's a christian school but, you know, kids still, kids will be kids. Yep. And, you know, we did, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with these guys. Well, two of those guys left at, after <laughs> after their, you know, after that year. I didn't even get to hang out with them. And then I was just kind of there and not doing what I was supposed to be doing. And, you know, still thinking I was tough stuff and not really, you know, I would go to church every now and then. But I'm on my own. I don't have to do that. I ain't got to go to church right now. And my sophomore year happens. And I go to a deep, dark place, and we had a new football coach, and he's like, you aren't playing, so I'm going to take your scholarship. The previous coach said oh, he was going to no. let me keep my scholarship oh. and finish out school. So I was like, you know, appreciate that. Well, got real humbling here. Um, I was friends with, I mean, you know I make friends pretty well, right, yeah. Jill? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm very outgoing. And I was friends with some cheerleaders. I was friends with the cheer coach and this and that. And they're like, well, why don't you just come cheer for a year or two and see what happens? So you go from a, you know, big time football player to being a male cheerleader for a year. And it's very, it's very humbling. Like, because like you never in a million years think that's where you're going to end up. That's an interesting switch. I bet it surprised a lot of your friends. Like, you're doing what? Wow. Oh, yeah. I got, I got, uh, We'll we'll say that yeah we'll we'll say it was very um it was very humbling and they gave me a lot of crap for it but also they're like hey man what's up with such and such so <laughs> <laughs> but you're hanging out with the cheerleaders so it is 
Did you learn how to do stunts? Did you were oh, you yeah, able to I do lifting? Stunning and cool. All that. And, yeah, but that's you some hanging out with the girls. Tough it is, stuff. It is not as glamorous as someone would think it would be. <laughs> um, I I learned way too much about these girls. About girls. <laughs> yeah, because like we're a team, and like everything mm-hmm. that comes with. Yeah, it's not glamorous to be a girl all the time. It's not yeah. glamorous. It's I'm like, sure you had days where you were saying, TMI, friends. <laughs> uh, maybe, y'all might want to edit this one out, this story out. I'm not sure. But, um, <laughs> this, me and this one girl were partner stunning, and like we were working every day. And that day I came in, I was like, you know, let's get this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And she's like, I'm just not feeling this day. And I'm like, no, like, you know, I'm pushing like, you know, like a football player. Let's, do, on, this. let's do this. We got this. And she's like, no. And I'm like, what's your problem? And she's can like, can I tell her this is going? Yeah, I'm sure. She's like, I'm a <laughs> certain time for her. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Enough of that. Enough of that. Okay, I get it. So that was, I mean, it was just, you know, especially because your friends are like, oh, you're a cheerleader now and making, you know, making fun. So it was, like I said, it was very humbling for me. But it was, it was a moment of growth because... Like, I had to do what I had to do. I could have went home and got a job or went to community college or something like that. But I stayed, got mm-hmm. my associates in journalism. And then, you know, I was going to go back another year and I was going to do some other stuff, like with track and stuff like that. And then I was there and then that's when my dad's accident happened. Mm. Oh, OK. Yeah. So that's the timeline of that. So did you actually end up finishing at Bacon? No, I left. Okay. And, and went then, to UCO. And then, that's right, because you went to UCO. I forgot. And majored in <laughs> partying uh. <laughs> and fraternity life. <laughs> that was, uh, we'll call that my gap year, I guess you could say. But um, that's also the time when my dad moved up here and I was able to come up here for that summer and I met my wife and then I left UCO and came up here mm-hmm. and I got into education. So there's the where I started in as an elementary ed major all the way back to here as a para at Union and then a para at Jinx and then got married and decided, you know, the para stuff wasn't for me. Just, I just, mm-hmm. it was, it's rough. It's tough. Those, I, I, that is I a tough think, job, right? My paras, mom was a para and it's, it's a hard work. I don't think yeah. paras and sped teachers get the... Um, what's it called? The recognition and stuff they deserve. Right. For those listeners who may not know, SPED just stands for Special Education Teachers. And it is a very tough job, a wonderful job. They Those teachers are making a difference for students that will change their lives. But it is a very difficult job that that requires a lot of determination and a lot of thankless hours. So. And a para, a paraprofessional is... Is somebody that helps in that classroom. Yes. So, my wife was a, spe- a special ed teacher for eight years. So, like, I, I kind of got on. I kind of was hanging out and doing helping out with some after school stuff. And they're like, hey, you want to? There's a pair position open. You want it? Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into that, and it just kind of took off. And then after I was at Jinx and just didn't work out, and I ended up working at a bank for a couple years and working on my master's degree. I got my, I graduated with my general studies degree at NSU Broken Arrow, NSU. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I um, I was just so happened to be working the teller line that day. And this lady comes in, her name's Linda Miner. She's a, she changed, she helped change my life tremendously as well. She um, came in and was doing some work, some just, you know, get a, can I get a withdrawal or a deposit or something like mm-hmm. that? And she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I was looking up grad school. So I was telling her, like, because she had an SNU shirt on. And I was like, yeah, I'm looking up grad school. She's like, well, here, check this out. And she slid me her card. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so I got into the uh, SNU graduate school program for my MBA. Well, what an um, important meeting yeah. from just yeah. meeting her. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, that would be a God thing right there. No doubt. <laughs> um, we ended up, she was like, here, fill out this application and this and that. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I sent in an application. And she's like, okay, well, I sent it in in like February. And she's like, well, classes start in March, like start next Monday. Oh, so you literally got in with a, just that tiny notice? Yeah, that's she's amazing. Like, she's like, we can get you in starting in March. And it was a night school kind of program. It was mm-hmm. once a week, six to ten. Awful. 
But <laughs> it was it was awesome because it was one of those programs where you had one class at a time for six weeks. And mm-hmm. it was, I mean, got it done, knocked it out. Wow. And what is your master's in? Uh, business administration. So that's why okay. I teach business and technology courses because I took the scenic route for education and went alternatively certified. <laughs> so... I think it'd be kind of cool to take a second here and say, for those of you that are listening right now, there may be something that you have been thinking about. Maybe you're just looking it up online. You're thinking maybe it's time to try it. It's time to put feet to this. And when when God opens a door, like the situation that Vince just now said, it's really wise for you to obey his, his leading and walk through the door. And it's time to do it. So maybe today's the day for you. Maybe you're thinking, I really needed to hear this, and I'm going to actually do this today. I'm going to start whatever it is that you've been thinking for for months. No doubt. So because he took that open door, he literally started the class a few weeks after that, and he did the work, and he's doing what he loves. So just a, a reminder that whatever God has for you, he's going to open the door, and you need to be ready to walk in it. No doubt. It's... And I mean, those those things happen. I feel like God just blesses me tremendously with the way the, these things work for me. Um, when I got back into education, one of my former coaches at Dell City got the head coaching job at East Central. So In Ada, right? No, Ada? East Central High School. High school. Oh, okay. gotcha. And okay. I, so I was working on my, he was like, you need to work on your certification. I can get you in the building as a para once again. And I worked with some awesome kids over at East Central. And we, uh, I, was, we, I coached varsity football over there, and we uh, went 0 and 8. So that was my first year. Okay, so 0 and 8 that is not exactly year. stellar. Yeah, that's the opposite that's of undefeated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's undefeated. In it's a, a good beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that was tough because. Like you don't like I've I'd been you know I've I've been on winning teams I've been on losing teams my growing up in little league I think we lost like one game in like six years, and then going from Car- when I was at Carlisle in junior high we went undefeated for three years, when I went to Dell City we lost a few games, <laughs> when I went to when I was at Baycomb my first year at Baycomb they go seven and three and we almost make the playoffs we were one game away from making the playoffs my second year at Baycomb we went I think five and five so still not bad but not what you want to be. So when I got when I my first coaching gig and you know my first coaching I'm like oh yeah this is gonna be awesome we uh they have this thing called the previews where you play all the TPS schools mm-hmm. and the first night like we go out and just it's amazing like we we give up like seven points and like we play three teams and or two teams go undefeated and we're like great this is gonna be an oh. awesome year and then the season starts <laughs> and it was not what we thought it was going to be a little adversity. Some kids respond differently to it, and it just didn't work out the way we wanted it to work out. And then I went to McLean and was a in-school suspension teacher at McLean, which was oh fun, fun. Mm. Um, Some difficult clients, I think. Yeah, you would. <laughs> but I think you get difficult kids any and everywhere you go. It's mm-hmm. just different reasons for the difficulties. I got difficult kids here at Owasso, Oklahoma. That's right. So. Um, Worked with those kids. It was awesome. Budget cuts happened, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Out. I mean, as we all know, mm-hmm. you're in education. Mm-hmm. You, you're familiar with the education She's system. She's in education. Yeah. Oh, you are? Yeah, she teaches at Barnes. Oh. I, yeah. Wow. I didn't even put that together. I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. So. No as, offense taken. As I, I just didn't know. I, we didn't get that. I didn't get that part. <laughs> Maybe I missed that in one of the podcasts. So, oh, hey, it's all good. My bad. So, uh, <laughs> You were saying about how you've reached those kids. Yeah, you've so worked with a lot of different ones. Reached those kids, and when the budget cuts happened in TPS, the way it worked was the last one in, the last ones in were the first ones out, and I was the last one in. And um, I have a real good friend of mine named Steve Dunn, who is now the athletic director over at Broken Arrow, mm-hmm. which you know how I feel about black and gold, but it's okay. Um, but we're real good friends. We, I've been knowing Steve Dunn since 93. We've been rocking since 93. And um, I called him and said, hey, man, I need a job. And he's like, well, I don't have anything right now, but let me call a buddy over at Owasso, who just so happens to be the athletic director, um, Zach Duffield. And God, <laughs> God happened. 
I got I just gotten alternately certified for the first three years provisionally as a business technology teacher. And he calls me and he's like, Hey, he calls me like ten minutes. And I'm wow. thinking he's I'm thinking he's gonna call me and just say, Hey, you know, I talked to Steve. He's going to I'm gonna see what I can do and I'll call you back. Just, you know, being nice and courteous because uh-huh. my boy called him, you know. And he was like, Hey, so funny story, I just had a football and track coach resign that's business technology teacher. Oh my. Wow. <laughs> that's like a present from the Lord. Yes. Hello. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that here I am. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's been, it's been a great almost three years here at Owasso. Yeah. Get to hang out with this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just randomly call and say, hey, come down. And she comes down and helps me with stuff. They put too many kids in my class. Uh, <laughs> I know. And then he makes fun of me in front of his class for being short. But it's fine. It's fine. Well, you're, only the short you're not pe- holding any grudges, right? No, you're usually not the shortest person there. Maybe the second. <laughs> what? Uh, well, tell us what you, when you are working with a student that has been through a rough time, and maybe they've made some rough rough choices. What are some things that you do that you have found that gets through to them and you can really reach them? Have there been some things that you've noticed that you well, have had success? I feel like with me, I think kids just see me differently. I don't I don't know what it I think it's I think it's because I'm very I am not like most traditional teachers. I just try to kind of level with the kids and try to let them know, like, I'm here for them. Like, I'm not just, like, going to give you, you know, you, you're you going to fail because you didn't turn this in. Like, I try to help them out and level and just kind of mm-hmm. let them know, like, if you give some kind of effort, I'm going to try to meet you halfway and just try to be there for them. And I think it has to start with that. And then once they start to buy into that, then you can kind of fine-tune it to, okay, now you see that you can do this somewhat, so let's work on mastering the skill or doing this better and getting there. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's one of the things I really, really try to, because like a lot of these kids, like some, of course, like, you know, we grew up in the technology age, they can do anything they want on this, mm-hmm. but with the phone, I mean, with the computers, the Photoshop and this and that, like there are certain things that it's like, I don't know how to do this. I'm not doing it. And then I kind of have to get real with them. and said, okay, well, here's the deal. And when it comes to real life, like, if you're just going to go ahead and give up and quit, like, you're not going to get too far. It's going to it's gonna be a rough life for you. I mean, because if I, I mean, I could have given up and quit on things a long time ago. Right. But here we are. Here, here we are. Here I am. Like, you can't, like, that's not going to work for you mm-hmm. long term. <clears throat> well, and Vince is one of those teachers that, like, if I find out, if I have a kid that I'm dealing with that's having struggles and I find out they're in his class, I can call him up and say, I need you to take this one under your wing. And he does. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I, I think a lot of times with me, I think the interesting thing that I've learned in my dealings is that certain type of ki- like certain kids look at me when they first meet me. I'm I'm not I'm not a small person. I'm kind of large in stature, so people are intimidated by me, and I think they're also sometimes intimidated uh, intimidated by like the color of my skin. Because I think sometimes people prejudge and they're just like, this big black dude. And then they get to know me and then they're like, oh my God, like, and it's unfortunate that, you know, we still live in the time and day where people do prejudge based on what you look like. And then they get to know me and they're like, wow, like, I was totally wrong about this person. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I deal with it on a daily. It's just one of those things. Like this, it's just part of it. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? About what you struggle with with that? Uh, yeah, I don't mind talking about that at all, (laughs) at all. Um, what I've, what I've learned is that there is a, uh, and this is really tough for me. Um, I'm reading, we're reading this book. I I am part of the high school book club. I read the book, Mm -hmm. read the books and, you know, interact with students. It's another thing that they're like, you're in book club. (laughs) That's so cool. I love that. You read? And I was like, (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I read. <laughs> you think I'm just some dumb jock coach or something? Like, I I really try not to just be like the the coach that has a class. Like, I try to like interact with those kids. Like I said earlier, interact with those kids and like be a part of their lives. And then you know, fifth and sixth hour, I go coach. I do my plan hour and stuff like that and go coach. Mm-hmm. But like, I really try to fight those stereotypes now like you know my athletes will come to my class from time to time or in between classes and i'll you know talk with them and this and that but like i really try to you know make the class about the class about what we're doing i respect that i had a coach teacher that that didn't and everyone in the class knew it so i love it that you are doing your best to teach the subject and making a difference in it and not just like oh everyone in the class knows this is a fluff you know you're not doing any work (laughs) no no i mean my class isn't difficult like if you do the work you'll be fine right but at the same time like i try to have people you know we're this is what we're doing right absolutely Mm -hmm. so so back to the book club the book club we had read a few books and they were kind of racially charged and this and that and like a lot of the kids didn't really like they they don't have those experiences like there's a book called the hate you give mm-hmm. by angie thomas it's been yeah. made into a it movie. is such a good book i do you have it because i want to borrow it i've seen the movie and loved it uh i can't remember if i got it if i yes i think i do actually. but it's so I powerful i might have it the think, perspective yeah. of it is what's so powerful well, because, i think like i've been that i've i've been kind of like what star was i uh when i was in elementary school I went to Telstar Elementary, which is uh, in Murder One. It's in the neighborhood. And, I mean, I've seen some crazy things in the neighborhood, but I was a really good student. And my first grade teacher and my second grade teacher had a talk with my mom and said, you got to get him out of here, out of the school. There was a magnet school opening up in Oklahoma City called Cleveland, Grover Cleveland Elementary. And I I used to live right by that school. Over by Taft Stadium. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I go to, so if you're not familiar with Midwest City, Midwest City to Northwest Oklahoma City, you guys are aware, but for those at home that aren't, that's like waking up in Owasso and driving to Bixby every right, day right. on a bus. And Wow. So it's like 30, 40 minutes maybe. Well, bus route. Well, bus route. Let's yeah. talk about the bus route. The bus route was they'd pick me up, but there were there were me and my sister were the only ones in this area in that area that went to that school. So with that, we had to ride the bus with the kids that had to take that route, which just happened to be the special education kids. So we have to go pick up all the we have to go pick up special education kids in, that, in this in the Middle City area and ride the bus with them all the way over and back and forth and I mean I probably mm-hmm. spent two hours a day on a school bus. Wow! Just because my teachers and my parents wanted mm-hmm. me to get a have a better education. So with Star, Star grew up was you know she lived in the hood. She's the heroine, the movie. Yes. I mean the book and 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 movie. Um, the main, Star, the main, main protagonist. The main protagonist. That's the word I was the looking for. Boom. The main protagonist. And um, with that, like, Star had to be, you know, she was Hood Star and Star that was at school. So, like, I went from a school that had five white kids to a school that had five black kids. What an interesting perspective. I aligned with that. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the kids in the, and there are kids at Owasso Mm -hmm. that aligned with that. Um, last year, I think the stats were Owasso was 5%. Owasso High School was 5% African-American. Out of the 2,900-plus kids, I think there were 163. Wow. Yep. So with that, and it's not, I mean, it's not a bad thing. It just kind of is what it is. And I think it's growing. That's the thing. Yeah, it is. It's growing exponentially, actually. I hope our I diversity think. keeps growing. We should. Yeah, I see more and more. My wife's eighth grade uh, works at the eighth grade, and I see more and more, and it just keeps happening, which is awesome. But, um, like, some people just don't get it. And, like, the whole part of the movie with the... It's been... How do I, I guess, like, a lot of people are turned off by it that don't want to be aware of it, I think, is what it is. They just want to assume, like, nah, that stuff doesn't happen. Well, if you see the news, those things, unfortunately, do happen. Right. Like, people do feel differently. Like, for instance, my wife wasn't aware... 
until one time she got pulled over by with me. Because your wife is white. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Small detail. Mm-hmm. My wife is white. And she got pulled over with me because I told her, you know, this happened. She's like, what? And there's this cultural differences that come about. And she gets pulled over. And she's like, yeah, that doesn't happen. They don't, I don't get talked to like that. When I was uh, 20 years old, me and a real good friend of mine, who we've been friends since seventh grade, we went to a movie. And he was driving. I was in the passenger seat. And we get pulled over. And the cop is, you know, license registration. Look at me. Like, let me see your license, too. And I'm like. Just being in the passenger seat? Okay, here you go, sir. Like, not a problem. I'm just reaching for it, you know. <laughs> and I hand it to him. And you know he's looking because my address is different than where his address is he's like do you know him like is he holding you against your will like a whole bunch of questions and i was like is this normal like to ask a passenger in a vehicle like (laughs) wow it just kind of one time i was at a party with a friend in high school and it was his car but he had um he had he had he had drank something that made his stomach hurt mm-hmm. if you know what I mean mm-hmm. as an underage kid mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was driving this car and we get pulled over and the cop asked me what's a boy like you driving a car like this you know these, wow. are, these are real life things that have happened to me and so like you know things are just different sometimes unfortunately mm-hmm. and with um, what I've been doing at Owasso me and a uh, me and Mrs. James, she's my co-sponsor, and it started with Miss Hudson. There was an African American summit at TCC. She sent mm-hmm. me to one year, and we started a African American Heritage Club. Oh, that's very cool. And it's one of those things that it's kind of you know, everyone's invited, mm-hmm. and I've, we've made that abundantly clear. And we have you know a few white kids that do show and come and contribute, and what we're doing is really just trying to get the word out about the club and we're trying and it's just a place for one for them to you know come talk about what's what's going on in their lives being black in Owasso mm-hmm. and Mr. Officer the principal at Owasso High School he loves the idea he's yeah I think it's great he wants to try to get you know more and more for you know Hispanics because that's mm-hmm. a growing population at Owasso High School yes it is so like to start you know and once again, it's one of those things where everyone's invited, and because a lot, of, what happens a lot of times with like, especially like with the Black Lives Matter movement, and mm-hmm. it's like that, like people try to think like, oh, we know, what about white people? What about police? It's like that's, that's that's not what it's about. The Black Lives Matter movement itself is it's there because we just want people to know that. I think like it's an idea of semantics. Like I think we need, I think people. The Black Lives Matter movement is there because it's supposed to be Black Lives Matter as well. Right. <laughs> right. So like, it's not, it's never Black been. Black Lives Matter as right. well does, doesn't never roll been off the tongue. You know the other I mean? people don't matter. It's yeah. just that matters too. Yes. Right. right. Like, I don't, I, I don't think that, I, I mean, I don't think blue lives don't matter. <laughs> I don't think white <laughs> lives don't matter. We just, I just want to, you know, that Black Lives Matter as well. Right. And a lot of times I think that message gets misconstrued and then some of the extremists of the Black Lives Matter movement, unfortunately, because I'm not here to think that the that the black man is a superior race. That's not what I'm here about. I'm, I want us to just all have some inclusion. I'll just be. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's Show just, respect and love. Let's just be. For our fellow human beings. Yeah. And that includes, you know, respecting everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Including the Black Lives That Matter as well. Right. No. <laughs> black I Lives That Matter just don't roll off the tongue. The Black Lives That Matter as well don't <laughs> roll off the tongue. So black Lives know. Matter as well. Yeah. yeah, that's. You know, one day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. There's going to be, after all of the, amaz- the amazing things that the Bible prophesies about that we don't really understand, God understands fully and we don't. But there's going to be a day after all of the things have happened, like. Jesus has taken the church to heaven, and, and it, God has a new heaven and a new earth, and all of the, everything will be right. You know, there will be no more night, no more pain, no more tears. And something that I love about the prophecies in Revelation is a, a little glimpse. There's a snapshot. There's a verse that talks about how every nation in the world will be around the throne of the Lamb, praising Together. Jesus. Together. Yeah. yeah. It's and, not going to be like, you know, hey— 
black angels over here, white angels over here. I, I so angels, agree. Asian angels. Like, we'll all be together. Be hanging out, holding hands, loving each mm-hmm. other. At like the foot of the be. at the foot of the throne, praising the Lord. And that's how I mean, we're all God's children. And someday there will be a day that there will be no more racism. And it may be that we have to wait for that till heaven, but maybe it's sooner than that. Yeah. I mean, we start with us. Um, I don't know. It's tough because um, I think that it's one of those things where it is. Um, it's bad. I think things are. I think things are better because you know we are actually allowed to. Black people are allowed to go to school with white kids. Like there was a time, and that's. I mean, let's do the math. Let's see. This is like this twenty nineteen. That's almost sixty years ago where that wasn't. You couldn't do that. that. Yeah. Right. You know, there. I mean, there have been things over the years that have gotten better, mm-hmm. but there's still the hate, the hate out there. There's a, and this. I might, wish it wasn't there. This, this might touch some nerves, but th- there's a there's a hate group in Owasso. There is. Yeah. Which I didn't know about until you told me that, and I looked it up. There really is. At Owasso High School? No. No, no, no. Like, in the community. In the community. That is shameful. That's terrible. And I think it's just based out of here, but I don't think it's just Owasso people. And that's the thing that scares me as an educator, as someone who wants to be a pillar in this community, mm-hmm. who has, me and my wife have considered moving to the community. Mm-hmm. Like, my neighbors could be <laughs> at that church, like, and I don't know. Like, you just, you don't know. Because that's one of those things where you say, hey, what church you go to? Oh, we go to this little church on over on along the way. And they just don't tell me. And I'm like, yep. And then who knows? One of my students could, they could go to, like, I don't know. And that's the. Wow. Yeah. A, a real good friend of mine said this one time, and I never thought about it until, like, I listened to what he said. And it's unfortunate, but he said this skin is heavy because, like, there are there are just different things that we have to deal with. That for I mean, if I'm being frank, white people don't have to deal with sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like, I was like, wow. <laughs> like, if you know, there's this like if like with the I mean, and this is not all police officers because I'm not saying that all police officers hate black people. But some are some just judge situations differently. Like if you two get pulled over together on your way from Bible study, mm-hmm. and they say license registration, oh, well, you know, you guys, where you guys headed? Okay, slow it down, have a good day. Those things don't always go the same, right? And that's unfortunate. It is. It is. It is. All right, let's end on something good. Let's talk about yeah, something good. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so tell us some things that you're loving and some things that you want our listeners, who are probably mostly white women, that you want us to know about and learn about. Well, I'm loving the weather today. It's a little windy, but it is fantastic. It's like 67 degrees outside. I'm loving that because um, I coach an outdoor sport, and it's really hard to have track practice when it's 40 degrees outside. Yeah. It's really, really tough. Those kids, like, I don't want to be out there, and those kids don't want to be out I there. I really don't enjoy winter in general. Yeah, like... It's I, a struggle. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying this new journey I'm on with my health. I need to get my health in order. I'll toot my own horn a little bit. I lost, like, 13 pounds this month. Whoa. I got serious. That's awesome. Because, like, you know, as a coach, I'm like, I just use the facility, you know, I can just go work out. I don't want to do that when I get done coaching. I want to go home and eat a yeah. burger and some fries <laughs> and some have a shake and all that. But I need to work on my health and eating right. I've been eating a lot better. I've been I hired a personal trainer. Like, Very cool. He got serious. Like and he's a former D one athlete, so he kicks my butt. So like it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, man. I went this morning. I went to church this morning. I went to uh, I went. I we uh, me and my wife went to Life Church for like eight nine years. And we were involved. They call us high capacity volunteers. We volunteered. Cool. <laughs> we did literally life kid, like the kid. We worked in the kids. We did hosting. We did a little bit of everything. We did. We had a host, uh, a life group for a long time. And when we were we start working out here, we were going to um, transition to find a church out here in this community. 
So if you know of any, you guys know of any We'd really like churches? for you to come we visit have a, First have Baptist Owasso. First Baptist Owasso. We hope you'll come visit. I'm not kidding. Really, no. please, please, please come. Do you know anyone that goes there? We do. And I actually am really connected to the pastor. Oh, yeah. We're close. We are tight. Really tight? Really tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I saw him earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's taking his Sunday afternoon nap his right siesta. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're we're looking into gonna start, you know, looking at churches. Out Come here sit with us. <laughs> well, I think I gotta go sit with Steve. Okay, Steve, okay. Steve Parker. Yeah, Steve Parker, <laughs> who I coach track with. He Love already, Steve and Kim. They're awesome. Because you sit on the front row and it's Baptist church. Okay, I do sit on the yeah. front row. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'll, just sit in the back. Yeah. Back row Baptist. Just kidding. Hey, I went. I grew up in a Baptist church, and you know, I was like I said, old school, where you know, Sunday school nine, and then. You know, get out of church at two. Um, not to be racist, but you guys ever been to a Black Baptist church? A couple times. <laughs> and my daughter Emily has joined a Black church she's, in Shawnee. Yeah, she loves one. it. It's called Galilee, and she loves it. It is one of those things where it is. It's. I mean, it's like I'll I'll do it from my point of view. That's normal for me. So, like you know, Sunday school. Then you got the devotional period, which mm-hmm. is. Can be anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour, and then you know, the sermon and the funny thing about the church I grew up in, my, one of my best friends, his dad was the pastor, so like, I I mean you know, I had to act right, I had to because we went to their church afterwards. And he was like, hey Vince, I, I saw you over there not paying attention. I'm like, oh sorry, and like so we grew up like we grew up in their home every Sunday. I was at their house and stuff like that, and then um. Yeah, so going from that to Life Church was quite the shock for me because <laughs> I'm used to that church. I'm like, all right, check this church out, and we're we're done in an hour. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's it. Like that's that's all we. And so like it was just different <laughs> for me. So, but yeah, like we uh. We're, so you were saying, but you you went and worked out too today. Yeah, I went to church, went worked out, and now I'm here. Working my mouth, talking a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I uh, yeah, really, really getting serious about my health and stuff this, well done. this year. And what are your favorite shoes? Your favorite <laughs> brand? Oh my goodness, you're putting me on the spot. Putting me on the spot. Just give us your top three then. Your favorite brands, yeah. Your okay. top three favorite brands. Top three favorite brands, that's easy. It's probably Nike, Jordan, and Adidas because that's really majority of what I own. Jordan, Nike, go back and forth with my favorites. I got some, you know, some retro classics and stuff like that. And we're not just talking like just regular white or black tennis shoes. Like these are like all I, different kinds of colors. I like I like colorful stuff. All I, right, I really do. fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a big shoe guy. These are Adidas Ultra. Boost. He's got some cool ones on today that have some multicolor, like cool. Red and well, pink and green, and yeah, a little bit of everything. They're awesome. They're super, super comfortable. If you need some comfort stuff, not with Jill wears. I'm all about comfort shoes. And that's the thing. The older I get, I never I'm sit down in my job, so I have to have comfortable. I'm shoes. all about comfortable. I'm like, I'll buy something and I really like the way it looks, and I'll wear it a couple times. I'm like, if this ain't comfortable, I'll. The cool thing about sneakers is there's a resale market, and you can resell your shoes, and people nice. will buy them and pay top dollar. My sister-in-law, who her husband's the track coach, uh, a cross-country coach, she they get tennis shoes all the time. So she, and we have the same size foot. So a lot of times she'll be like, "Do you need some more tennis shoes? Because these are not even worn out." And I'm like, "Yes, please." So I get my tennis shoes from her. It's funny, Steve. You can ask Steve this. He bought some shoes of, uh, over winter break, and he texted me and said, "Are these okay?" Because he knows, like, <laughs> you know uh, your that's shoes. What I do. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a joke. They call me the swag coordinator. At track and with <laughs> Duffield, which stands for sportswear <laughs> and gear. Nice. Or sportswear sports and gear. Sportswear athletic gear, you know, however you yeah. want to. The swag coordinator swag. is now part of your job title. Yes, That's indeed. Great. I think it's on my Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just loved hearing you share your story with us today. And we just thank you for your time and opening up and talking to us and letting it, your story be an inspiration to the people that listen to this today. It was, it was pretty awesome. It was, I didn't know how much I would share, but I ended up just kind of spilling my guts a we little bit. We just got it all out of you, didn't <laughs> just, we? Just boom, there it is. That's what happens when you sit down with a counselor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I will say that, Robin, you're very sweet. And oh, thank you. Jill, you're very salty. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did he already know our, our pseudo title? <laughs> well, thanks for being here. We just loved hearing your story, and we hope that the listeners out there will be encouraged and reminding you today that your story matters too. Hey, to all of our listeners out there, thanks so much for listening today. And thanks to Vince for sharing his amazing story with such humor and heart and personality. We loved laughing with you and hearing your story. And also you touched our hearts too. Vince's story is a good story to tell it, to remind us to reach out to people around us and build bridges and try to connect with everyone around us. But it's also reminds us that though we've come far in our nation as far as social justice and racism, we still have a ways to go at times. And for us to brush it under the rug does not help anything. And so as we're today reminded about this, let's move forward and let's keep our eyes open and let's do the very best we can to love everyone and to show the love of Jesus in everything we do. And we just are so glad that Vince opened this up today and we hope that it will help you in your, your relationships with people all around you. Please be sure to subscribe and rate and review, and we will see you next time on Afraid Not. That's right. In our next story, you will not want to miss it. We have a friend sharing a very compelling tale that helped her learn to trust God in a new way. It'll be something you don't want to miss, so join us again March 1st.